The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jaguer. Presenting Season 7, Run Silent, Run Deep. Testament, written by Mercedes Lackey. Bella was more tired and more grief-stricken than she had ever been in her life, and that did not matter because now that he was done explaining the background to the revolt and laying out the original charter, Yankee Pride was introducing her for the gathering of the Echo Vets here in the CCCP HQ and all of the Echo Metas all over the world via closed satlink. Why her? She didn't know. Yank had only said, It has to be you. Spin Doctor said it couldn't be anyone else. She took a deep breath, drew on all the performance training she'd gotten back when she'd thought she'd get a gig at some big casino show on the Strip as a novelty singer, and walled off all her feelings. "'Brothers and sisters,' she said, looking out at the solemn faces. "'I don't use those terms lightly. You are all my brothers and sisters in a way that we did not share with Dominic Verdigree. That we know of. Or, rest his soul,' Alex Tesla. But the founders of Echo knew this when they wrote the charter, and despite the fact that the CEO of Echo has always been a normal human, they knew that Echo was, and had to be, created by metahumans for metahumans. Now is not the time for political correctness, and it is the time to look that fact in the face and accept it for what it means. She paused, marshalling her thoughts. We are different. When Echo was founded, that difference was frightening to people. That's why the CEO was a human. That was why Echo never fought things like the Extreme Force Act and agreed to DCOs. We are different, and humans are programmed at the instinctive level to fear what is different. When Echo was founded, the foundations that were laid down were carefully calculated to allay as much of that fear as possible while building in protections for us in the form of things we could live with. I know you vets in front of me are well aware of a lot of this. I'll bet you were all privy to, or even part of, some of the debates, even arguments over a lot of it. Nods, grimaces, a lot of intent looks. We are different. There is nothing we can do about it. We can no more change that than any other human can change things like skin or hair or eye color. Like them, we can sometimes disguise it, but we can't change it. What we are defines us negatively or positively. Right now, it's pretty much positive. But that could change in an instant, and as we forge the future, we need to pick a leader who is very much aware of that. Echo must always be an organization that is run by metahumans to protect us from abuse and exploitation, the sorts of abuse and exploitation Dominic Verdigree had in mind for us. Those who are not meta will always have the upper hand, ultimately. There are a lot more of them than there are of us. And today you got a good look at how those without powers are still capable of turning those of us with powers to chutney. Nods all across a sea of faces now. But, if Echo is an organization run by metahumans, it must also change to one that is run for humans, meta and otherwise. 
You all know the comic book mantra about great responsibility, and you can all look to whatever faith you believe in to give you answers about why you have been triggered with a power and others have not. The point is, meta is only part of what we are. Deep down, the important thing is that we are also human. Our parents, siblings, relatives, neighbors, and friends may not have been granted powers. Our children may not be. We cannot divorce ourselves from the human race, and we're all on the spaceship Earth together. The minute we forget that, and think that besides being different, we are also somehow superior, well, we turn into Dominic Verdigree. Vigorous nods and some approving smiles. And one more thing. The charter is set up so that the CEO is a lifetime position. As you vets know, for one of us, a lifetime can be very long indeed. The CEO needs to be someone who is flexible, who listens to, and solicits advice. Because things will always be changing. Change is the one constant no one can fight. So when you are voting for the new CEO of Echo, please remember that. All of it. And choose the flexible person who not only knows what it is to be meta, but to be human and to embrace everything that humankind means. Thank you. She did not stop to acknowledge the applause. Instead, she stepped quickly down off the podium and to the computer link to cast her vote for Yankee Pride, just as Alex Tesla had wanted. Under any other circumstances, Bella would have loved to mingle with all the old vets, most of whom were only faces in history books to her. But after today, all she wanted to do was sit in a corner, nursing a drink. She would rather have been in her office, but that wasn't possible. Spin Doctor had made that clear as well. But it would be a good thing to be able to congratulate Yank, and hand over that burden she'd carried. Echo Med was burden enough, but at least she felt up to that task. When the voting was announced as closed, she really wasn't paying much attention, concentrating on what she was going to say to Yank. So when the wave of people suddenly engulfed her, startling out of her reverie, wanting to shake her hand, congratulating her, she was caught completely by surprise. Shocked, even. Snap out of it, Bells, Vicky said in her ear. You're CEO. By a landslide. Act like it. What? Were they insane? Yeah, almost unanimous. All in favor except one vote. Spin Doctor came up to shake her hand. She felt numb. It seems that they're rather enamored of your style of management. Something about grit, tenacity, and smarts. Oh, and uh, the little Scotsman says the blue is his favorite color. They kept coming, wave after wave of them. That's her own Echo Med team, all of them. Shaking her hand, smiling warmly. Even Jeannie. He came after most of the crowd had thinned out, giving her some space. He took her hand and moved in close, and she clung to it. I don't want this, she whispered to him urgently. Red, I don't. I can't. He squeezed her hand. You know who make the best leaders, darling? He whispered back. They're not always the smartest. They're not always the most charismatic. They're not always the nicest people around. Hell... <laughs> They're usually assholes. Where are you going with this? she asked. 
was he trying to say? But the one thing the best leaders usually share in common, they didn't want the damn job in the first place. Then he was gone, slipping away into the crowd, which gathered around her again. Bella closed the door of her office behind her, leaned against it, and put her head back, closing her eyes for a moment before slumping behind her desk. She was still listed as being on duty, and she didn't change that. She didn't want to ruin anyone's victory celebration, but this had been nothing like a win. Bruno was dead. So were too many other people, but Bruno was one of hers, one of the misfits. Someone she'd fussed over, worried about, driven herself crazy over. Someone who'd been awkwardly grateful when Bella had patched him up, had tried to cheer her up, who'd been a lot like that puppy who was always underfoot, and yet was so constantly happy and helpful that you couldn't help but smile at him even when he was in the way. He'd been so triumphant when he and Scope had infiltrated Harmony's own organization and put a spoke in the wheels of her plans, and not half an hour later, he was gone. And despite Verd running like a scalded cat, this had a far too high probability of turning into a public relations nightmare. With Verd out of reach, people would start looking for someone else to blame, and there was Echo, the big fat target du jour unless they came up with some miracle victory, and soon people were going to start asking if maybe Vert had been right all along. Maybe someone like Dominic Verdigree should have been in charge of Echo. Maybe the U.S. military should take it over. Spin Doctor was already at work on heading off the inevitable avalanche. She'd sent him the twins and the espresso machine from Verd's office. She tried to give up the job. Pride was making noises about how he wasn't going to let her step back and just head up Echo Med. Hell, she didn't even want to head Echo Med, much less the rest of this. It had been one thing when it had just been her taking charge of her friends, but this... This was all of Echo, and Pride wanted her as CEO? They all did. How in hell was she supposed to be a wartime leader? She'd never wanted to be a leader at all. Who can I persuade not to go back to Sunny Acres that remembers what it was like in the last go-round? At least she had Savior and Unter to count on for advice. Even there, he might be insane, but his memory of the last round with the Nazis was just fine, as long as you ignored all the stuff about his sexual prowess. But she thought about Acrobat, thought about how many more people were going to die before this was over, and put her head down on the desk, too overwhelmed to even cry. She'd asked Dixie to take Scope out to the vets, the ones that were feeling their own losses. They'd understand and give the young soldier the kind of support she needed right now. But there was no one Bella could turn to for company right now. Everyone else was either hurting too much or, like Savior, relishing this Pyrrhic victory too much to offer sympathy. Never had she felt so utterly, completely alone, or so crushed by the burden of responsibility that she had never wanted, never asked for. But there was literally no one else to take it off her shoulders, so somehow, she would have to try. She buried her face in her elbow, wishing with all her heart she could hide from the world, and knowing that there was no way in hell that was possible. Vicky watched poor Bella putting her head down on her arms and felt her throat aching. Bell had turned her overwatch rig to private, but she'd forgotten about the security cam in the corner. She only took up being the leader of the coup because there really wasn't anyone else who could that wasn't also being watched day and night. 
There was nothing in our plans that would have led us to think Verd would do what he did today, and now she's being rewarded by being slammed with even more responsibility, and heaven help her if she screws up. Meanwhile, the wolves outside the door that are howling for Verd's blood are going to come looking for someone else's if they don't get meat from somewhere. Poor Samoy, what a cluster. And there she is, all alone and too aware that anyone else who might serve as a shoulder is hurting too, or someone she doesn't want to give the wrong signals to. Well, there was at least one good thing she might be able to do. Overwatch, open bulwark, private, she said, her voice shaking. Overwatch to bulwark. Operative Victrix, this is... She took a deep breath. This isn't Operative Victrix Bull. This is Vex. Something... Something I want to tell you. Bella's alone in her old office in Echo Med, and I'm the only one who knows she's gone off to hide from everyone short-sighted enough to think we won this one. If you want to keep everything on the pro level with Bella, go hit the bar or deal with how you feel right now on your own. She could almost hear him stiffen, but she kept right on going. If you want to stay just her friend, go to her and give her the same stiff upper lip talk you'd give any friend who was also your superior officer. She'd probably be grateful for it, and it will send her a very clear signal about how you want the future to look between you. Both of those choices are perfectly valid. But there's a third choice, too. She took another deep breath. To say that Bulwark was intensely private about his feelings was like saying Everest might be a little tall. If she were in person, he'd probably walk out before she could get very far. He'd probably be tempted to punch her in the nose. Not that he actually would ever, but this would test even his legendary patience. Fortunately, she was literally in his ear, and he couldn't shut her off before she finished. If you want more than that, this is your chance to get that door open in the gentlemanly fashion you prefer. I know her, and I think I kind of know you. You are both dying inside right now. You both need someone to lean on for a while. Go help each other through it, and you'll come out the other side with something pretty damn special. That's it, all I have to say. There was silence for a moment. Operative Victrix, I would appreciate it if you would mind your own business, came the dispassionate answer. Yes, sir, Bulwark, Overwatch out, she replied and closed the channel, and then shut down the system except for the usual 24-7 monitoring, which she could do from her bed. Because right now she needed a shoulder, too. She'd stayed with Ryder until the last moment, watching him in the train's security cam, solitary witness to his bravery. Frank had heard her frantic call and said he was on it, and she'd just left him to deal with the threat alone, assuming he'd be all right. And Bruno. Bruno. She would never stop seeing him in the back of her mind, and he would haunt her for the rest of her life. On her watch. Dead because of her. And despite everything she could do, the literal magic, she had not been able to save them. She shuffled off to her room, and Gray jumped up on the bed before she threw herself down on it. Come have a good cry, kitten, he said with sympathy and she buried her face in his fur and did just that, crying for all she wished she could have done. 
Bulwark listened to the faint white noise of the closed channel, then set his rig to private mode. He looked down the hall. To his right was the way out. Although he wasn't a drinking man, he knew which bar the retired vets would be at tonight, and he knew that he would be welcome and understood among them. Toasts would be made, stories told. Old pain eased a little in the sharing. New pain, too. To his left, this corridor would lead him to the cross corridor that ended at Echo Medical. The offices would be empty except for one. The injured had all been stabilized, patched, stitched, and otherwise mended, and were in their hospital rooms upstairs. The med staff, the metas anyway, would be taking a break before getting back to work. For the next few hours, the echo injured that had survived would be in the hands of the purely human staff, and the metas had gone off duty, unless they were paged for an emergency. All but one. One who was still very much on duty, and probably would not go home tonight, or for many nights to come. He hesitated another moment longer, then turned to the left. You have been listening to Season 7 of the Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series. The Secret World Chronicle podcast is narrated and produced by Veronica Jaguer. Music is Exciting Trailer by Kevin McLeod, available at Incompetech.com. The Secret World Chronicle is published by the amazing people at Bayon Books. Follow the series at www.secretworldchronicle.com. Join us on Facebook and check out the authors on Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening.